0: Welcome to the Lifetunes Podcast, Episode 2, released on Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. My name is Chris Abate, a singer, songwriter, music producer, and DJ. I've been surrounded by music my entire life. Life Lifetunes is all about different types of music that inspires us, makes us happy, sad, sparks ideas, and everything in between. Let's get into the discussion for today. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode two. Today, we're gonna start with a couple of things. Let me just lay out the podcast structure so that you know what's coming and you know what to listen for as we're moving into this week. Uh, The first thing we're gonna do is is just go over my week uh, over the past couple of days, uh, the things that I've been doing, and then we'll get into some things that I've found in the news over the last Uh, month or so that I previewed in last week's episode that I'd like to talk about and how it's impacting the music industry as a whole, specifically dealing with the streaming services and what it's doing to the catalog of music that's out there for people to listen to. And then the last section of today's podcast, and as we'll do as we move forward, is our workshop. And I have a couple of things planned for that. where. I will play some things either on the piano or play a beat and we'll get some feedback. So um, first I'll give my thoughts and then I'll send out a call to action to those of you who are listening to the podcast and uh, we'll see if we can get some traction on some feedback whether it's via email or via the Facebook group or via Patreon. So speaking of Patreon, before we get started, let me just give you an explanation of how Patreon works for those of you who are not familiar. Patreon is a platform that allows for listeners like yourself, it allows you to donate a certain dollar figure over the course of every month to the podcast. And with that donation, I provide additional content. So, let me tell you a little bit about the Patreon tiers that we have. The general release is on Thursdays. However, if you're a $1 patron on the early access plan, you'll get it one day earlier. On top of that, you'll get it ad-free. So, what is going to be happening over the next few weeks as we get more listeners, as we get more downloads, the podcast is going to start getting ads inserted into into the audio feed. So, if you're not a patron, you'll have ads on the podcast version that you're listening to. If you become a patron, regardless of the tier, you immediately get an ad-free version of the podcast. So at $1 a month, you'll get the early access plus have an ad-free experience. At $2 a month, that particular tier is called Let's Discord. And that will give you everything as part of the $1 plan as well as entry into our Discord server, which is very similar to, if you're not familiar with Discord, is very similar to Slack, where we can have a number of channels and basically it's sort of like a a, a chat room or a um, a chat system that's a, that allows each of us to send messages um, to the group or to each other, and we can have discussions throughout the week about music, um, things that you've seen, and basically you know build out a a family of folks. And then at $5 a month, the largest patron level that I have right now will give you some bonus content. So first of all, you'll get everything that everybody gets at the $1 level, everything everybody gets at the $2 level. And at $5, you'll get bonus content, which means that I will be providing you with additional music, additional workshops that are happening outside of the, the regular podcast. I'll be sending out different beats and different things that I'm working on. So there'll be a number of different types of bonus content musically that I'll be sending out to everybody at that $5 a month level. So if you want to go check this out, this is all on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash lifetunes. And you'll see all of our tiers there. And feel free to sign up to whatever tier you'd like. And I will make sure that you are set up with the proper feeds and uh, the proper level of of access to all of our systems. So that's Patreon. So let's talk a little bit about how my week went this week. Uh, There were a few things that I wanted to bring up that would be interesting for you I believe. Um, first off um, on Friday night I took my son to go see Belle Biv at the Twin River Casino. This is the 30th anniversary of the Poison album. Uh, it was actually released in March of uh, 1990 and the concert was really great. Um, I will say the, the venue watching or seeing a concert at that particular venue, Twin River in Rhode Island, was a bit difficult. And I'll explain this a little bit. I was in the fourth row. I had my son with me. And sort of off-center, not exactly in the center of the stage, but sort of off-center. But the floor in there was completely flat from front to back. So, you know, people in the back uh, sitting in... any row past row 10, if you're short, would be really hard to see. And especially when people are lifting up their cell phones and taking videos. And I really, really need to tell you, it makes me wonder, are you really in the moment in that concert? If you're holding up your phone above your head and not realizing that you're blocking the view of everybody behind you seeing the stage, but What do you really gain from having that memento of the video of the concert that you probably will never watch again or you're going to post it up online and then, you know, it's gone for good? Uh, Yes, it makes a good memory. I get that. I understand people want to have that memory and video and, and everything. I guarantee that somebody with a more professional system is taking a video and that video will get posted somewhere along the way. And you'll be able to see the tour that you saw or the individual show that you saw. So think about this when you go to concerts because you really want to be in the moment at the show. You really want to feel what the artists are, are, are giving out. And you want to be, you know, if it's a pop show or, you know, some sort of show that um, there's a lot of dancing or there's a lot of stage movement, you want to really be part of that show as being part of the audience. Like I said, I had my son, my younger son with me, and we were in the fourth row, and because the floor was flat, we had people in front of us, you know, it was only three rows of people in front of us, and my son, being quite a bit shorter than I am, obviously couldn't see. So there was an issue at the beginning with him not being able to see and him sort of working around people or looking around people trying to trying to see the show, and it, it, he was okay, as the show continued to go on, there were less and less people holding up their phones, so uh, we were able to get a good view for him. And I, at one point, I asked him if he wanted to get up on the chair next to me. He did get on there for a short period of time, but then he he jumped it back down and was on the floor. So it was it was a bit of a challenge just for him to see the show. But after you know a certain period of time, he was able to watch. While this was all going on. Next to me, there were a handful of uh, folks that we didn't know. Obviously, as you you go to concerts, you don't know who's sitting next to you unless you're you're going with a big group. So we were there and there was this one woman who was obviously intoxicated or had been drinking prior to the show starting. And as my son was struggling to see the show at the beginning, she noticed that and would turn over to us and say, why don't you get on the chair? Why don't you you get on the chair in front of you or get on the chair, I'll help you, I'll do whatever. And I would just say to her really nicely, he's okay, we'll be fine. We don't need your help right now, you can enjoy the show. But she insisted on continuing to come back and ask if he was okay, if he needed help, if he wanted to stand up. And my son got really quiet and uncomfortable with that situation. So I actually sort of held on to him and we watched the show together, um, as he was sort of standing in front of me and she continually said things. And eventually I just, you know, sort of said something louder and basically said, you know, he's fine. Just leave. We don't need any help. He'll be okay. At one point, um, during the show, and I won't give any spoilers to the, toward the show itself, but they do ask some people to come on stage for uh, a dance at the end of the show. And she was one of the people who somehow got chosen to go up on stage. And Ronnie DeVoe, he, um, he made some, some rude faces and comments to this particular woman because she was screaming at him or whatever so uh, it was a very interesting situation but that was the experience there the concert itself was unbelievable brought back a lot of childhood memories for me it was a great show they did a really great job they they sang most of the songs from the poison album if that tour is in your area definitely go check them out they they put on a fantastic show okay part two let's go into uh some things about streaming like i had mentioned last week so the streaming networks that you are all very familiar with, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Play, Amazon Music, when you sign up for a subscription for one of these streaming services, you basically get access to a very large library of music that you know, runs from music of today all the way back to music of the past. And the way these companies work, for those of you who don't know, They basically negotiate and sign licensing deals with the various record companies using Taylor Swift as an example because she's one of the ones we're gonna be talking about about in a little bit. All of her music is is licensed by a certain company. So that company needs to have a licensing deal with Spotify in order for Spotify to have that music available in their catalog. So if, for instance, like has happened with Taylor Swift, where there's a change where she's moved from one record label to another, and the old record label still owns the rights to all of the music that she recorded on that record label, and the particular person who owns the rights, that one individual, is trying to hold up that music from getting out into certain areas or allowing her to perform that music and whatnot. And again, this is more detailed in the the music licensing thing than we need to get into, but it's just it a, it brings up the point that if a streaming service or all of the streaming services or none of the streaming services have a licensing deal with a particular content provider or the owner of a set of particular content, then that content is not available on the streaming services. And the reason last week that I mentioned that this is similar to what's going on in the TV industry or the TV film industry, when you think of all these new streaming services that are coming on, obviously you have Netflix and Hulu, Um, now you have Apple Plus uh, or Apple TV Plus, Disney Plus, (laughs) CBS All Access, uh, the new one from NBC that's coming called Peacock, all of these services rely on the licensing deals that they have with the individual individual content holders. Some of these services are actually owned by the companies that own the licenses. So when you think of CBS or NBC or Fox, a lot of the shows that they own licenses for they're able to put on their their streaming services exclusively. And the same thing goes for music. Now back on the on the TV side, the one thing that, that just happened over the last month or so, I think it was at the beginning of, at the end of January or the beginning of January of this year, the entire catalog of Friends, the show Friends, is no longer on Netflix. Um, for those of you who have had Netflix over the last couple of years, you know that Friends has been there and it's been available for you to stream uh, every episode on Netflix, well, Friends is going to be moving over to one of the other s- streaming services, and I don't think it moves until April or May of this year. But Netflix lost the rights to have Friends up on the on their service, so now people who have a subscription to Netflix can't watch Friends. Okay, so how does this translate into the music industry? Let's take the independent artists off the table for the for this particular discussion, we're only talking about the artists that are signed to the major record labels. Those that are signed to labels have to really understand the contracts that they are signing with those particular record labels. Because in a lot of cases, there are too many cases now that we've seen that artists technically do not own the rights to their own music. And this causes a lot of issues, especially when we're talking about the streaming services. And again, this gets back to the licensing and negotiation between the streaming service and the particular licensing company. So one of the artists that has had to deal with this over the past couple of years is an artist by the name of Jojo. She was signed to a specific record label and she released a few albums on that particular label and then the label dropped her. Which is, you know, not something that's out of the ordinary. The issue here was uh, she was dropped by the label, and the label didn't want to release her music out to the public. Um, so, what, what JoJo did was she went and re recorded in their entirety her debut album and her second album. And those are the albums that you get if you look up JoJo on. Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes. You can't buy or listen to the original versions of these songs unless you already have them. This is what I was talking about last week where there are complete sets of music that are no longer available to the public to either listen to or to buy. And this is a problem in my opinion. They're not licensed by anybody or they're licensed by a smaller company that doesn't have a negotiated deal with one of the streaming services. And the music just gets lost. It's always concerned me because there's music out there that people can't listen to. And you may remember songs from the past that you can't find on Spotify. Or you can't find the version of the song that you listened to back in the day on any of the streaming services. So just keep that in mind as you're thinking about music and how things have changed over the years I mean, years ago you could just buy a cd or buy a record and you would have that version forever it's yours you own it now you don't own the music you're stuck with the music that these streaming services have available and that's pretty much it so you know the the generations coming up that are living in the streaming world and don't actually own any of their own music anymore there's things that they'll never be able to hear because they just have been lost in the shuffle and it's really sad. One of my takeaways from this is being a DJ, I have to buy my, all my music, or I, I choose to buy all of my music so that I don't have to rely on the streaming services if the internet is down at a particular venue or, or something like that. I don't wanna be in a situation where I can't play my music. But I also do this so that I have the versions that everybody knows and everybody is aware of. So, um, just keep that in mind as you're listening to music or as you're searching music online and trying to find the songs that you remember from the past or, you know, even versions of the songs that you're, that you you know, of today and you can't find them. And that's, this is the reason it's all about licensing. It's all about big business. And, you know, unfortunately the artists that go that route while they get the promotion and they get the, the big numbers in, um, in streaming and everything, in many cases, they lose control of their own particular content and that's that's really sad. So just something to think about. Section three. In this particular workshop this week, I'm going to play a simple chord and what I want you to do is either close your eyes, or if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but I want you to just listen to the chord and think about a feeling, and just hold on to that feeling after I play the chord. Here we go. All right, major C chord, how did that make you feel? Was there something about that C chord that brought back a memory, that made you feel happy, that made you feel sad? Again I'll play it again. Let me know. So, what we'll do here is I'm going to give you my take on the chord, what I feel as soon as I hear that. and. What I'd like to do is see if we can get some comments in the new Facebook group or on the Discord, and we'll bring those comments into the discussion next week as we uh, continue through this moving workshop. It's going to be a workshop every week. So again, the C chord, what does that make you feel like? For me, that reminds me of the most basic element of music. It's sort of it's the first chord that anybody learns it's the first thing that you learn in music class back in in elementary school it's it it brings a sort of childhood happiness feeling to me what types of things or feelings are brought up when you hear that so if you can send over some feedback either um to hello at lifetunespodcast.com, or in our Facebook group, or on the Discord, or by telephone. Oh, just kidding. Um, Let's try the same thing with a beat. Let's play this one. Check it out. So for me, this particular beat brings me to sort of a relaxed state takes down the stress level of things, makes me feel like I'm in a yoga studio or somewhere that's very relaxing and not having to think about much because I'm just into the music, into that particular song. Even my voice, as you can hear it here, has taken a, a, a lower tone just because of the music that's playing. And it really it, it makes a difference. Here's another example of how music makes a difference in the way you feel and even in the way you speak. So there it is. So my ask for you is to send in some feedback on both the chord and that particular beat. And just let let me know, how did they make you feel? What emotions came up in your mind as you listened to those particular pieces of music? And we'll talk about it next week. We'll see how our feelings align. So that's how our workshops are going to work on a weekly basis. I'm going to bring in some other musical elements. And anything that you want to bring up or or ideas that you have, I'm more than happy to add them to the show. So please definitely bring those in. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Lifetunes podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for sending in your feedback and also checking out the Patreon tiers that we have available to support the show. Go over to patreon.com slash Lifetunes. Our email address is hello at lifetunespodcast.com. Episodes are released every Thursday morning via Apple Podcasts and every other podcast provider. Again, if you support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash lifetunes, you'll get each week's episode one day early. Find out more at patreon.com slash lifetunes, and you can also find out more and pick up today's show notes at lifetunespodcast.com. This is Chris Abate signing off for the Lifetunes podcast, and I will talk to you all again next week. pause Productions. I am one of the flyers. The creative unit of Abate Entertainment Group. Seapaws. Stay positive.